Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. I am the sidekick, Dylan Waugh. I am the Dr. Jekyll to Ken's Mr. Hyde. That's right. I've taken the intellectual road on this one, and we are the same person because we do share a brain. This week, we're going to be talking about uh, William Nylander. We're going to be talking about the Philadelphia Flyers and, of course, the GM meeting. So check us out on Twitter at Hockey No Filter at Ken underscore Campbell 27. that intro was like when you see a race car taking a turn and they start to skid just a little bit and then they get it back right i feel like i almost went off the rails almost but then just 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 absolutely nailed it and now you're in the home stretch and now i'm in the home stretch Mm -hmm. yeah so how was your two weeks uh oh wonderful yeah you're sick i was yeah oh my god was i ever yeah you can still hear it a little bit eh Yes, you sound so different today. No, but I still f- sound stuffed up a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess yeah so. no, I was, uh, I was, yeah, I had a nasty sinus cold. Oof. And uh, yeah, so I was, I was out of commission. That's, uh, that's not ideal. No, no. But we're back. We and, are back and ready to rumble. Take on the issues of the day. Take on the issues of the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's not all the issues in the UHL. <laughs> no. Lots of issues there, I guess, eh? Yeah. Fines how, flying around. How is the how is the road to superstardom? <laughs> uh, you, were in Pitts, you were in Pittsburgh the other night. I was in Pittsburgh on Saturday night uh, for a game. And it was, uh, it was rowdy. Yeah. And... Uh, we had like three defensemen injured and like two defensemen that already couldn't make the trip. So by the end of it, we basically had two actual defensemen on our team. Wow. And surprise, surprise, I wasn't the goalie of record in the third period when we only had two. Yeah. We had three whole defensemen when I was the goalie. Okay. But we lost badly. What was the score? Eight to two. Eight to two. Wow. It was like one goal was in the first. Okay, it happens. And then two in the second. Two in the second. In the that third. was my period in the second. Two in the second. And it was like, okay, we're, we're going down defense people, but we're still kind of holding our own. Yeah. And I say defense people, actually, I should, because one of our defense people is a... Is, uh, <laughs> defender. Is a defender. Say defender. I'm, yes, yeah, well, okay. I'm trying. Um, anyways, and then by the third, when we had like no defenders left, yeah, uh, it was like, it was just, it was brutal. It's like five goals against, and it was like all perfect one tease, a breakaway, like, what are you even going to do? How many fights? Seven. I got my Seven I got my fights. cage I got my cage rattled. Day. They got a third man in for it, but uh, but there was a fight squaring off. Yeah, and then a third guy ran in and grabbed the collar and landed a punch on the back of his head, and I stepped in. Now I still had my gloves on, and, and so I was not like, and my hands were at my sides, so I was in a non-threatening position. Like I wasn't, I was not trying to get, I was not trying to turn yeah. this into another fight. Yeah. Um, because I, because I knew that we had a third man in call already. Um, so I was in a non-threatening position and the guy grabbed my helmet and just started ripping my head around. Wow. Yeah. You're going to get in a goalie fight this year, right? I think so. Actually, after that, it was kind of, it was, there's was about two or three fights in that, in that situation. Um, <clears throat> I noticed the other goalie skating back to his net and, and this thing crossed my mind where I was like, was he just at center ice? Wow. Yeah. So there's seven fights in the fr- in the last game. In the yeah. first game, how many fights were there in the first game? <sighs> Easily as much. 
oh, usually as many. It's uh, <clears throat> um, let's just say uh, let's just say that Pittsburgh got a very big find. Okay, so we'll just leave it at that. All right. Yeah. Um, this is the Niagara Falls Buffaloes, by the way. The Niagara Falls Buffaloes. Go Buffaloes! Union Hockey League. Union, Union Hockey, Hockey League. League. Yeah. <laughs> that just sounds like slap shot. I'm the only Canadian on the team. I know. Might be the only Canadian in the league. Oh, really? They're talking about doing the Canadian National Anthem. That'd be nice. So they had actually, just a small aside, they had sound trouble during the National Anthem, right? And so the singer wasn't able to sing. And, and my coach, we're all lined up on the blue line. My coach goes... Dylan, you got to take it. <laughs> and, and I started, everybody laughed, and then the singer... Should have just said, I'm listening to the effing song. Don't bother me. We were, we were joking that I was going to, you know... Anyways, whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's talk about actual hockey. Okay, real you know, hockey. Because this is like the Rodney Dangerfield hockey. I went to a nice fight and a hockey game broke out. Right, okay. Right? Let's talk okay. about actual hockey. Okay. Do you want to start with William Nylander? Sure. The best, the best, good. Play, the best player in the NHL. You mean? <laughs> Seriously, like right now, if the Hart Trophy voting were held like today, yeah, wouldn't he win? Asterix, Connor McDavid's injured, playing injured. Yes, playing injured. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it'd it'd be an asterix. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. You don't think so? Why would it be an asterix? Well, just because the the best player in the world is 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 um. It is is got a flat tire. Okay, that doesn't make it an asterisk, though. Okay, All I mean right. he's been like Nylander's been an impact player in like he's he's been a he's been an impact player in every victory the Leafs have had this year. Yes, and it's particularly the last two. Like for me, a good to t- a good time for the Leafs to sign him would have been before <laughs> this trip. Yeah. I mean, the meter's running now, right? Yeah. So, with with, with William Nylander, um, the best player in the NHL at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is: is how how do they get this done? Right? Like how how are they going to get this done? Yeah. And you know, on the one hand, you look and you say, well, the Caps probably spoke well. According to Gary Bettman, it's supposed to go up to eighty-seven or eighty-eight million next year. Yeah. So that helps. Everything that Gary Bettman says t- turns out to be true. Well, in that respect, it does. In that respect, it usually does. Well, it's supposed to go up two years ago, and it didn't. Uh, no, I don't think so. It's supposed to go up by like a mil. And it did. It goes up by like a million a lot of times. It went it went up last year, but it skipped a year. Anyways, uh, okay. whatever. There was, anyways, a re- there was a recent one. Anyways, but, but yeah, but so it's, so let's say it's 87.5 for, yeah. for sake of argument. Sure. The Leafs have... About thirty four point two million in cap space, which is a which is good. That's yeah. that's a lot of money, and it's going to go up to thirty five point something when they send Ryan Reeves to the Marlies. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, not so if they, so they've got about thirty five million to play with, which is nice. But the only problem is, is that only covers what. Uh, seven or eight forwards and only basically two defensemen and one goalie. So they've yeah. got, you know, and, and everybody's saying, oh, well, yeah, well, you know, then, uh, you know, I mean, TJ Brody's not on the books next year. John Klingberg's not on the books next year. This guy's not on the books next year. Ilya Samsonov's not on the books next year. That's great. Hmm. But you've got to find 
guys to replace those guys. Yeah. Or or you've got to re-sign them. Yeah. You know? Um, so I I'm assuming Nylander's gonna come in at eleven. Yeah. If you know, if all things being equal. He's gonna he's gonna come in at eleven, which is where John Tavares is right now, and it's slightly more than Mitch Marner, which is probably where he should be right now. I would agree. Um and and then and then, you know, I mean, and then next year Matthews deal his, kicks yeah. his kicks in at thirteen two. Thirteen two five. So, um, so you're gonna. I mean, you are going to exacerbate what a lot of people think is a problem with this team that too few players make too much money. Right. Right. So you're instead of having a big four, you're gonna have a big five now. Um, unless you know, I, I, it's really interesting to see what they're gonna do. Like, do, like, like. So if they do sign Nylander long term. Say seven years or eight years at eighty-eight million. Let's mm-hmm. just say, let's just say for for yeah, argument's argument sake, is that's eleven million a year. You know what do they do then? Do they ride it out next year? Because after next year, Tavares and Marner are both up, mm. right? And so, what do you do? What do you do with those guys? Right? Like, I, I think John Tavares has actually lived up to his contract in Toronto. That's my uh, hot take as well. I think he's been really good. Like he's yeah. been excellent. I I I said from the outset, from the day that this contract was signed, that it wasn't a good deal because it gave the Leafs more of what they had and not what not what they needed. Yeah. But that's not John Tavares's fault. John Tavares has lived up to this contract. He 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 totally has. You know, mm-hmm. he's been very productive. Um, you know, when Austin Matthews pulled his captain underpants thing a couple of years ago and they thought he was going to be the captain and he couldn't be for obvious reasons, you know, Tavares stepped in. He's been a very good captain. He's been Mm -hmm. a leader. He scores, you know, big goals. Um, you know, he's been very, very good for them. So what do you do? Like, I mean, he's, they're not going to pay him 11 million anymore, when no. he's 35 years old. No. Um, so he would probably have to take a fairly significant haircut. Um, you know, you would think that Mark Giordano will come back for a series of one-year contracts at around a million dollars. Yeah. So that's pretty good. And then do you fill it in with, you know, guys like, you know, Fraser Minton, you know, is he going to be ready next year? Is Nick Abruzzese going to be ready next year? So then you've got a couple of really cheap deal deals at the other end of things. And, you know, do you just, do you just sign them to that big deal and ride it out and see what happens with Tavares and Marner? Because, Hey, maybe Marner doesn't stay. Maybe Marner goes, you know, not for nothing, but um, Bradtree living did build not only an excellent defense core in Calgary, because that's, you know, that yep. was beyond question, but a defense core that was, not necessarily um wasn't the most expensive defense core right. for their value right good value right right and uh and i mean essentially that's that's what the leafs need i mean look hot take i want really good defensemen for not a lot of money right yeah <laughs> but uh i guess what i'm trying to say is that really true living's problem was with the forward core right Right. In Calgary and right. finding that chemistry and finding that mix that that would make right. sense. And of course, way over overpaying guys and all the rest of it. Anyways, we won't get into that. But my point is Toronto, who's already got a forward course sorted out, you know, basically, yeah, I mean, more basically, or less. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah. And especially with um with the emergence of um Matthew Nyes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's showing it this year. Uh Nick Robertson in the small amount of time that we've seen looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if he can stay healthy, if he can stay healthy, that's going to be a problem. Probably I mean, that's, a, that's the same thing with yeah. that's the same thing. Like Connor Timmons is back next year for one point one, right? But that's a good deal. Yeah, it's a good deal. But yeah. is he going to play? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, is he going to be able to play? Is you know, is like Timothy Lilligren. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a he's a restricted free agent with arbitration rights. Yeah. So basically, he's back. Right. Basically, he'll be back in one form or another. You know, but can these guys stay healthy and be contributors, right? Yeah. So right now, among your healthy defensemen, the only guys you have signed next year are Morgan Riley and Jake McCabe. Mm-hmm. And Riley's going nowhere because he was, he's been, he's actually been under the hood, like, like sort of under the radar, fantastic this yeah. year. Yeah. I don't know. How, I don't even know if it's been that under the radar, but you know, I mean, TJ Brody, who's been a very serviceable defenseman for them, a very, very good defenseman for them. He's up. Mm-hmm. You know, Klingberg's up and he'll likely be gone, you would think. Lagason, I mean, Lagason's been excellent, but he's only at 775. So do you get him in for, you know, a couple of years on a on a deal that's maybe worth double that? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so I, I think it's doable. I think they can do it without having to um having to to you know to stay trade a marner mm-hmm. because that would be the guy right like yeah. you know Matthews isn't going anywhere Tavares isn't going anywhere if you if you're if you've decided that William Nylander is is part of your future which he should be yeah i mean and he deserves every bit as much as those other guys are making because he's producing with them and He's produced in the playoffs as well, unlike a lot of those guys. Was just about to circle into that point, not for nothing, is that... um, Now, Matthews, of course, before injury, had a fabulous playoffs last year. Yep. And Marner had a decent playoffs... Decent last year and good... I'd say good two years ago. Yeah. Nylander has every year... Yep. uh, I've I've never watched a playoff series with the Leafs um, where I've where I've thought, wow, yeah. Nylander does not look like he's... No, he shows up. He, he shows, shows up. up. He shows up. And so... For sure. So... Yeah. So so there's every compelling reason to re-sign him. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't think you're going to go the rest of this year and then just say goodbye to him. Um, right. So, so I, I think it can be done. They're going to have to do some creative stuff this year and then see what, in the long term, see what's going to happen with Tavares and Marner. Right. Hmm. And and so what do you do with them? Where do they end up slotting in? Um, you know, you know that next year Mitch Marner's gonna have a monster year. You know it. Right. Because it's the last year of his contract. <laughs> so he's gonna have a monster year. And Tavares he's not will, having a bad year this year no, either. He's not, no, he's know, not, not having for a ter- nothing, no, right? No, but he's gonna have like he's gonna be a monster next year. Yeah, yeah. Just like Nylander is this year, right? Right. Um, so I, I think it can be done, but um, you know, it's gonna be more of the same, mm-hmm. like a very small core of players making, you know, more than, well, I mean, so if he comes in at 11, right? So that, that puts Tavares, they're 22, Marner's 10.9, that's 33. Uh, Matthews is 13.25, that's 46. 
and Riley is 7.5, so that's uh, 53, 54, almost 54 million wrapped up in five players. Right. Right? And you've got 88, you've got 88, 87 to 88 on the cap. So that leaves you with another 18 guys splitting up that, um, whatever, 33 million or whatever it is, right? Right. So you're, you know, divide 18 by 33. It comes out to fewer than two, less than $2 million per, per player, player. Yeah. Per player. Yeah. Um, on average. So yeah. you're going to have a bunch of guys at the bottom end making minimums. And then you're going to have your, you know, your David Camps making 2.4 and your Kelly Arncroft's making 2.1. Um, so yeah, that's what it's going to be. And, and then you see after 23, 24 or sorry, after 24, 25, you see where you're at with, with Marner and, and Tavares. Yeah. I mean, essentially what you're saying is, uh, if you're a Leafs fan that, uh, doesn't like the top heavy, um, structure of the team. Yeah. Buckle up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. And uh, Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's going to be either a big five or the big four is no longer going to include Morgan Riley because he's he will be making like more than three million dollars less than any of those guys. So I, you know, I always uh, actually associated the big four as Nylander, Matthews, Marner. Yeah, I guess I kind of I've kind of had to have had Riley in there uh, as a I mean big four forwards, but big Tavares four, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Well, yeah, Tavares, Tavares, Matthews, Marner, and then. It's either been like in ter- I I've meant like up to now in terms of salary. Right. The big four has been Riley because Nylander makes less. Yeah, he's, right? he's Me- making like seven or something. Yeah, he's at 6.9. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, that's, that's what I meant. I mean, okay, in yeah. terms of salary, it's been the big four has been those guys. Yeah. But right? I mean, the other thing is as well to say that, um, and I know like for any neutral listener, this is going to sound normal. And for every Leafs listener, they might lose their mind. <laughs> but like, Nylander has been underpaid from the from from the second year of his contract. Yep. Yep. From from the first yep. year when he came back from Sweden and everybody's all pissed off and granted he didn't play well. Right. From from the next year, mm-hmm. he has been underpaid from that that year. He absolutely has, yeah. So yeah. if you're a player that's been underpaid and watching everybody else get in their bag. Oh well, I mean I mean Nylander's gotta be sit there and going, yeah, okay. I mean so you made me sweat over this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you 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 <clears throat> gave Matthews. Yeah, I didn't see I didn't see Mitch Marner having to sit out. Yeah. You know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, exactly. there was also oh man, the Marner contract. The Marner contract was one was some of the better drama we've had in the league. <laughs> for for yeah. a little while with if if you ever if you were like listening to the radio and like his agent or his dad would be on the radio or some, you know. It, it was it was it was good drama. You know who the Leafs are going to sign next year for free agency, relatively cheaply. Tell me, Steven Stamkos. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it? Wouldn't that be just like the biggest Leaf move in history? Yeah, but I mean, it almost was the biggest Leaf move in history. No, but now, even yeah, now, yeah. like he'll be he'll be thirty four. Yeah, right? yeah, and he'll be an unrestricted free agent. That just and they'll get him at a league men. Yeah, they won't get him at that. <laughs> they won't get him at that. But they, yeah, yeah. He's having a good year too. <clears throat> He's having an okay year. Well, okay. I mean, Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov are driving the bus. Well, no, but yeah, obviously. I mean, but Big they time. have been for a long time, right? Stamkos yeah. has been a secondary guy on the team for like yeah four years now or so. Yeah, 
right? Yep. Um, so I'm not, you know, but anyways, it's not a bad year. Whatever. Um, shall we move on? Sure. All right. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Flyers. Wow. And the most Flyers. beloved coach in the NHL. Well, he's probably beloved there. Yeah. Because I, 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 there's absolutely no doubt that there is a torts factor going on there right now. For anybody listening from Philadelphia, you are now my favorite city in Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh is out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. When 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 you when the security <clears throat> guard takes a hike at the end of your game and you have fans uh charging the dressing room and need a police escort out of there, you start to rethink what you feel about a city. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about torts. Okay. Um there's there's definitely a a Tortorella effect going on there. Mm-hmm. I've I've always thought that John Tortorella. I'm not well. I'm pretty sure he can't take a good team and lead it to a championship, but he can. He, he can technically take, has. He has. Yes, he has. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I any believe more, that everything more, you say anymore is now anymore, null and void. <laughs> anymore, he can't anymore. I agree with you. Yeah. Um. But I, I do. But, agree. but I think he can take a crew of of guys that look on paper like they're not as good as they are and Mm -hmm. make them look a lot better. Um, You know, I mean, to me, like the, the, the double headed Travis is, has been huge this year. Travis Konechny up front and Travis Sanheim on defense. Yeah. And like to think that this summer that the Konechny almost got moved. No, Sanheim very close to got, if, if, if Tory Krug Krug hadn't vetoed, the trade. Oh, right. That would yeah, have been yeah. a deal. Like if yeah. he hadn't invoked his no trade clause, yeah. that would have been a deal. Yeah. Travis Sanheim would be playing for the St. Louis Blues and Tory Krug would be playing in Philadelphia. But okay, oh, maybe it wasn't this <laughs> summer, but maybe it was during the season. But Konechny was also rumored yeah. to be on the trade block. Well, I for think a long time. I think what's happened in Philadelphia too is is for the longest time they were waiting for Morgan Frost. Yep. Ivan Provorov. Yep. To a lesser to a lesser degree, um, um, Nolan Patrick. Yeah, you know they were they, those were the guys, right? <clears throat> Not to a lesser degree. I mean, Nolan Patrick was a second overall pick yeah. for many yeah, yeah, years. Yeah. They were yeah, that but was I mean, very those... much the hopes and prayers of the whole. Oh yeah, city. yeah, yeah. But 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 he never really had an opportunity to have an impact on the no, franchise agree. because yeah. he was hurt. But but like for the longest time, it was it was those guys, and now what you're seeing is it's Konechny's team, it's Joel Farabee's team, it's yeah. Travis Sanheim's team, it's. You know, I mean, it's it's to a le- much lesser degree Owen Tippett's team. I yeah. mean, that Owen Tippett, like that was that was the Claude Giroux trade, yeah, right? yeah. And he's been nothing but outstanding yeah. this year, and basically since he got there, yeah, he's been very very good for them. You know, and then they have a guy like Bobby Brink who comes in, you know, s- sits out for a couple of games, then comes in, starts scoring. And so then they can sit out Morgan Frost. And so you've got a situation now in Philadelphia where I think before it was like, well, nobody was really too accountable because who else are you going to play? Right. Right. Yeah. But now you've got a situation where, you know, well, if you're not going Morgan, well, we've got Bobby Brink. We've got Tyson Forster. We've got Ryan Paling of all people, you know, who can, I've always had high hopes on that. Who can push a little bit. Yeah. You know, and on defense, I mean, I think I've always liked Cam York. I oh, think yeah. he's really come into his own. Sean yeah. Walker's been good. Sealer's been good. Zamula's been a find. Um, you know, so, and then you look at, I mean, they've got, <laughs> they've got some futures coming. Do they? 
Oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Do tell. Well, Mitchkov. Oh, yeah. Cutter Koche. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have got some, they have got some real, they've got some real blue chippers coming. It's so, so. funny when these guys get drafted and you know that they're going to be in the K for a little while because you just completely forget about them. Yeah. Right. Krill Kaprasov. Like was, Oliver Bonk. Oliver yeah. Bonk's been amazing. Like he'll probably yeah. be on Canada's world junior team this year. Really? Radic Bonk's son. Yeah. 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 I remember uh, watching hockey with my brother's friend who's British and watched it for the first time when Radic Bonk was playing and said, and he gets hurled into the boards and makes rather a crashing sound, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's just very funny in his accent. So, but, um, and, and another thing is, you know, I mean, it's amazing how good you can be and how good you can look at a, as a coach when you get good goaltending. I never gave up on Carter Hart. And yeah. I think, and I think you yeah. know that. Yeah. But uh, going back to Cam York, that guy is to me the definition of a two-way defenseman. Right. He is just yep. like, yeah, just every zone. He is effective. And I, I wonder if it's not a bit of subtra- addition by subtraction that with um, your favorite player has not played this year. Who's my I'm favorite pretty player? Sure, pretty sure you've you've ragged on this guy a ton. Rasmus Rustalainen. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I you, yeah, <laughs> um, I that's so funny. I forgot. I completely forgot that he was even on the team because he hasn't played. Well, but, it's easy to forget. Yeah, it's yeah. easy to forget. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I always thought that he'd just be effective in like a you know sheltered offensive zone only mm-hmm. third pairing kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, for sure, give him a shot. And then they gave him five and a half mil or something like that. And I was like, okay. Okay. 5.1. 5.1. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay, we need to take a step back here because I was thinking when they were rumored to re-sign him, give him 1.5, you know, just <laughs> invert the two numbers. And I'm cool with that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, he's he's been ragged on in the stats community for a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that there's um, there's a place in hockey for guys that are just huge pieces of garbage that just shoot the puck all the time <laughs> and that there's a way to use them effectively. But right. you know, that's, okay. that's fine. Going back to torts and your point about him taking a bad team, and making it good and not necessarily taking a good team and making it better. I, I really, really couldn't agree more. Um, there's a lot of coaches in the league like that, that just, they have a great way of galvanizing people, but then it's like you, you give them a shiny new toy and they don't know what to do with it. Well, and it's more, they, they don't like, like, it's like, it's like, well, you know, Tortorella's like, well, we have to come to work. Yeah, and we have, need to, to block we, have shots. To, we have to show up for work every day. And I, I don't know. I think that probably gets a little tiresome after a while, especially if you're, you know, if you have some really, really sort of talented players. So, I mean, like to, 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 to further that point a little bit, if you are a phenom player, okay, on a team, mm-hmm. But you're a little bit older. You're 36, 37, okay? Yep. But you've been a phenom on a good team for a long time, and it's been a great team. They went to a Stanley Cup final. And somebody shows up and says that you and your twin brother need to be blocking shots and, and grinding more. Right. <laughs> what are you thinking to yourself right now? The Sedins, by the way, for those that are too young to, to think of it right offhand. Right. If you are, you're probably not listening to us. Right. <laughs> but, you know, so I like I, I totally agree. Like, like if you're especially to be a, a superstar at a certain age and a certain point in your career to be told that you need to play a completely different way. It's not good, right. but you know, yep. I do think uh, if towards, he might not be Mr. Right, but he's definitely Mr. Right now.
Nice. Pretty good, right? Yep. All right. Shall we move on? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. You, you got more to say about Philly? No, I think I'm good. Uh, in terms of advanced stats, they're all mediocre. They're all fine. Nothing's bad. They're 13th for Corsi. Still middle of the pack for expected goals. Middle of the pack for, for PDO. They're just, you know, they're they're just working and doing it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're getting real balance. Like, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I mean, Konechny's got, Konechny's got 11. Therapy's got seven. Atkinson has eight. Tippett has seven. You know, I mean, they're getting a lot of contributions up and down the lineup. Like, I'm not even sure they have, well, Nicholas Delorier has no goals, of course. What? Uh, and I think Nick Sealer has no goals, but everybody else on the roster has at least one goal. All I'm saying is that when I think Nick Delorier, I think lots of goals. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, so let's move on. Okay. The, uh, the, uh, the meetings, the new, the new rule changes. Well, they're, no, they're not new rule changes. No, changes, the proposed or whatever. They're not even proposed. Okay. So, so in, in light, I, I just, enlighten us all. I do, well, I just think it's kind of funny that when, when the GMs get together, you know, they, they, it comes out that, you know, they're, they're talking about having an over and back rule in overtime. And, you know, you know, and, 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 uh, and, you know, all these radical changes and everything. And in reality, what happens is they go in there, they talk about a few things, they come out, people want to know what's going on. And they're faced with all these cameras and they go, well, we talked about, you know, overtime and having an over and back rule and, or, or not, you know, not, or a shot clock in overtime or whatever. And, it's funny because they're never going to, they're not going to do that. No. I, like I talked to a GM. He says, we're not going to end up doing that. Yeah. He says, it's just something we talked about for a minute. And then everybody kind of runs with it, you know? So like, it's like when we talked about flying to Italy for the weekend. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we dismissed it very quickly. <laughs> Immediately. But, but no, but like, there's not going to be an over and back rule. There's not, no, like it's not going to be basketball. And to me, like, Overtime, the problems with hockey, overtime is about 500th on the list of things yeah. that are wrong with hockey. Like, to me, this is a, a solution looking for a problem. Like, it really is. I don't, I don't think overtime is that bad. I, I, I really don't think it's that bad. I think it could be tweaked a little bit. I think you make sure you've got the short change for both teams in mm. overtime. So if you have to change ends... You know, like just so that both teams have the short change yeah, yeah. when in the defensive zone. Yeah, I think that would help a lot. Yeah, um, and and that's a that's a difference. That's a uh, change that nobody would even notice. Yeah, and and then make it longer. But I don't. You know, I I proposed one thing. I proposed was no changing on the fly in overtime. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you can't so you, you can't change on the fly. It's it can only be on whistles. I don't. Hard, that hard to know where happen. that would go because yeah, it, yeah. it could mean even more conservative puck play. It could because people are tired. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I suppose it could. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you've or got, it a, could lot make of, more, more you got a lot of mistakes. You got a lot of tired players out there who make mistakes that yeah. leads to scoring opportunities. You know. So, um, but but none of these silly things are going to happen. I think if if overtime, if there are any changes to overtime, they'll probably make it longer. Yeah, so I, 
I actually, I agree with your hot take <clears throat> and I, I completely don't understand why we're so obsessed with overtime being bad because I actually kind of, I kind of like the regrouping and I kind of like the, it's kind of got this like feeling where like, uh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> and, and, and then, and then I like when it does and it's, I mean, ultimately like you can watch the highlights of a boxing match and just see all the big punches or you can or you can watch a boxing match and see those moments where they're dancing right. around yeah, and yeah. they're and they're feeling yeah. their reach and they're like okay yeah. are you yeah. you know how do you react when i do this how do you react when i drop this shoulder and they're and they're feeling each other out and i think that that uh all of it is is part of what makes it great and i and i kind of think that for overtime as well and it's kind of fun you you really never know what you're going to get and and often what happens is that they feel each other out yeah right they hold on to the puck and then one team goes and then the other team counterattacks and then the other team counterattacks and then they stop Mm-hmm. It's like a flurry of punches in a boxing match, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. It's got a very similar yeah, yeah, rhythm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I would agree with you. If you make it longer, I'm a happy camper. Yeah. But this whole idea that coaches have ruined overtime and it's so boring now and I can't watch it, I, I really, I, I'm like, did somebody say that and we just all thought it was like the Emperor's yeah, New Clothes and yeah. we had to just go along with yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. I think so because I really don't, I don't have a problem with overtime. I really don't. I think it's, yeah. I think it's been pretty good. And what? 70 plus percent of the games are still being decided. Yeah. Like like now a shootout is it's not a unicorn but you don't see it as it's you don't like often. you don't see a lot of shootouts anymore. And it's getting to the point. And and I mean that'll probably increase as the year goes on. Yeah. But but like I think I think 70% of games are being decided. It sounds about right, yeah. But it's also to the point where, um, when I do see a shootout, I like it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. No, I, I know. You, I know yeah. you don't. But I'm just saying that it's it's a shootout to me. And I and was again. Big, I was a big proponent of the shootout when it first came in. I thought it was the greatest thing. But yeah. I think I think it's devolved into, like, if you want boring, that's boring. Like to me, the shootout is boring. Okay, but I'm a goalie guy. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's that's yeah. kind of the side of it that I like. But I, I think that for the, for me, the shootout. And again, you're gonna. I'm gonna say that I like it at, at times, and you're gonna say no. <laughs> it's like fighting to me. Yeah. If you're getting fights every like, I mean, you know, hello. Like I came into my own as a hockey fan in like the late '90s and early 2000s. Like okay. you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> say no more, right? Yeah. Um, like if you're getting that level of fighting, I don't like it. But but if you get like a a real scrap from a real situation that just boils over, I'm here for that. And it, so I feel yeah. the same way about the shootout. If you want to put a a shot clock in. Do it in the shootout, not in overtime. Oh, why do you hate the Kuznetsov? Because uh, it's just stupid. I love it. It's just stupid. It is so I, interesting I, to well, watch the goalies well, or, react to it. Or what you do is you put a guy on the red line, a defending player on the red line. Who chases down the guy. As, and as soon as that guy crosses the blue line, the other guy takes off and chases him. Okay, okay. Here's here's your real proposal. Hey, if you're going to make it a circus, make, it, make it a real proposal. circus. Make it a real circus if you're going to make it a circus. Here's your real proposal, okay? You ready for this? <clears throat> All right, I've been sitting on this one for a while. What? To fix the shootout. If and I like it, so I don't feel like it needs to be fixed, but all right, you're a curmudgeon. That's fine. A two on one. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. You go it's a real game situation. Yep. Okay. Goalies will face it completely different. Yeah. And once you, once the puck has crossed the uh the goal line at the back, um, then the play is dead. Hmm. And uh, and you have to, of course, maintain oh, wow. forward so momentum. You can, so you can pass it around. You can. So if you take a, so if you shoot, the goalie stops it, and you get the rebound. You start to control it. It's still live. 
I would say no to that. Yeah. I would say that you, you basically... As soon as you register a shot, it's done? Yes, but but the puck has to pass the um, the, the line at the back, which is the goal line. Right. right? Um, so you're basically, you're rushing down and yeah. you can pick your speed, but you're going to probably want to pick that speed based on whatever defender you face. You the the Maybe the offense has to send out their players first and then the other team can pick the defender based on that mm-hmm. or home team, away team, whatever, however that gets decided, doesn't really matter. But the point is, is that it's a drill that I do with goalies fairly regularly because it's a play that we see fairly regularly, which is just two on ones. Mm-hmm. And, and my, and the kids that are shooting on the goalies will always ask me, well, what are the rules of this? I say, the only rule is that you're skating. Yeah. Okay. Well, how many passes can we make as many passes as you can put through the defender? Right. Couldn't care less. The only rule is that you're skating. Right. Because that's what's okay. going to happen in a game. Yeah. If yeah. you just stop and act like there's no backwards pressure, right. I'm going to call the drill dead. Okay. And we're going to start again. Okay. Okay. So the only rule is, is that they're skating and you've got one player defending. Yeah. And of course, this whole thing could probably be alleviated with a different point system, a three, two, one, zero point system, right? <laughs> <laughs> three for regulation. Two but why do we even call it hockey? Two okay. for I think we should have one for purple pucks. zero for losing in a shootout. Yeah. I, I, I do hear you on that. Yeah. I mean, so, but it all comes down to uh, padding stats to make parody and hockey more exciting mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or artificially more exciting. Yeah. No, no, I think it's, yeah. But I think it's also, it, it also, I mean, if you, you know, you watch the last couple of minutes of a game now. Yeah. And if, if it's a tie game, a lot of times teams are playing for overtime. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you may alleviate that if a regulation win is worth three. All right, Ken. Well, those were the subjects we had for the day. Uh, anything else you can think of? Anything else on your mind? Well, other than the fact that Alex Ovechkin's going to break Wayne Gretzky's scoring record. This year? What do you say? What can he this year though? Yeah, like probably within the next couple of games. Really? And you say what can? How can that be? Okay, so hang on. What? What can? How can that be? (laughs) He's sixty-seven goals behind Wayne Gretzky. He's sixty-seven goals behind Wayne Gretzky. How did I do? Did I sell it? Yeah, you did. Okay, good. So, but, 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 what you forget is. With a empty net goal last week against the New York Islanders mm-hmm. on November 11th, yeah, um, Alex Ovechkin scored his 56th, the 56th empty net goal of his career. Guess who else has 56 empty net goals? Claude Lemieux. Uh, Mario has 33. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Wayne Gretzky has 56 empty net goals in his career. Oh, we were just talking about Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, we I should were, have gotten yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, I feel like an idiot. Yeah. So, um, so his next goal will break Wayne Gretzky's empty net goal scoring record. You'll love to see it. Well, I think it brings up an interesting, uh, an interesting debate about, you know, uh, there's a guy at the star that I used to work with at the star by the name of Curtis Rush. Who's, who's poo pooing all of this and saying that, you know, Wayne Gretzky's still the better goal scorer. And he brings up points like, well, you know, I mean, Wayne Gretzky had 73 shorthanded goals in his career, and Ovechkin's got five. Um, I think Ovechkin actually has his, he's got one, only one power play goal this year. Actually, none from the hash mark, like the circle. Hmm. None. He doesn't have a single one yet this year. He's got 300 
power play goals, and Gretzky has 274. So, you know, I mean, Gretzky definitely has more five-on-five goals. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think... I think empty net goals are valuable. I think it shows... A, of course, they, a, a, they, they yeah, put I mean, a you're, dagger you're, in the game. Well, yeah, and you're out you're out there at a, at a very, very important juncture in the game. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I don't think they should be poo-pooed. And, and I, I just think that, I mean, when you, like the numbers say it, right? When you factor in adjusted scoring, yeah. uh, Alex Ovechkin is the, is the best goal scorer of all time. Listen to you, you nerd. He is. I love it. He is. I, I completely agree. And and I mean, you can say what you will about the math that goes into adjusted scoring. I obviously believe in it. But well, it's basically goals per game through that era, right? Right. But, yeah. but what I was going to say was like, all you have to do if you want to trust your eye test is watch how a lot of goals got scored in Gretzky's era. Yeah. A breakaway a great solid decision on a breakaway was to take a slap shot from the top of the circle. <laughs> yeah, like he did on Mike Vernon. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. like that had like a 30% chance of going in. Mm-hmm. If any goalie lets that goal in today, they're immediately cut. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Although they can let them in from the goal line. No, no, but Ken. Over their head. Okay, but Ken, David that, Ayers didn't let in a goal yeah, that yeah. was an uncontested slap but shot from I, the I'm, top of the circle. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, goalies are going to have to start making an adjustment because I think the NHL shooters are so good right now. I teach the adjustment. That they've figured out that goalies are going down before the puck's even off their stick. I, I, I really believe that, and I, I don't know anything about goaltending. Yeah. Uh, I even know less than you know. Um, but <laughs> if that's no, even but, possible, but, but I think that they, that goalies are going to have to start making an adjustment because I think shooters are figuring it out. I really do. I think, I think they're just go high on, you know, go hot, go top corner every top time. short side, every top time. short side, every time. Yeah. I, and and yeah. so anyways, but we've gotten off topic with that. What did, what did we say? Oh yeah. The thing about the, 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 uh, the adjusted, adjusted and whatever. Scoring. Yeah. There was a time and I know there were a couple of years in the 2000s, where the Edmonton Oilers, in some years, had scored more goals per game than, on average, than both teams were scoring in in like in the early two in like the real dead puck era. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like it was like it was like both. You know the Oilers were scoring like six goals a game, yeah, yeah. and both uh, both teams were averaging like five point two. You know right, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so that to me is is a big indicator of how difficult it is to score now. Like like Ovechkin is is score is going to score probably a thousand goals mm-hmm. in a career where it's never been harder to score goals. And well, in a no, career was, that has been it had was, two it was lockouts, harder, it was harder to score goals in the thirties. The 30s were ridiculous. Like, like, you know, until they you could forward pass it across the blue line and stuff like that. Like, I don't know how people even could sit through a game and watch it. Yeah, like it was really bad. Yeah, but 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 I think you know, other than that, I don't think there's ever been a time where getting a goal has been more difficult than it is now. Yeah, i i would uh, I would yeah. tend to agree. Uh, I mean. The dead puck era was yeah, it was tough. That but was I mean, tough. Ovi caught the end of the dead puck era. Uh, well, he was he was no, he didn't no, he didn't 
He didn't. He was his first year was after the lockout, and that was when everything opened up. Okay, but it's right. kind of it's but kind I, of I, gone back. It's it's regressed a lot. Since but that then. whole but uh, yeah, you're you're right. I guess maybe in a technical thing for the dead puck era. But I'm just talking about like when when playing that trap defense and stuff like that was still um, you know that that unbelievably boring style of hockey was still the most prevalent style. That well, was still yeah. that that was still yeah. around in in the beginning of always days. Well, it might still be around now, you know. I well, mean, it in, is for in certain some, teams, in, yeah. yeah. In some ways, it is. Yeah. It still is around now. Yeah. Um. But but I but I mean I I just I just uh, to me Ovi, what he's done in terms of goal scoring over the course of his career, yeah, is phenomenal. Like like to score that many goals and to do it that consistently. In, at a time when it's so difficult mm-hmm. to score a goal, I think is 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 remarkable. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm prepared to say he's the best goal scorer in the history of the game. I don't I don't have a question in my mind about it either. Yeah. I I just I I don't think that there's a debate to be had. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when it comes to empty net goals, I'm not sure that anybody's going to break this anytime soon because among active players. Uh, the next guy on the list is Brad Marchand at 33. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Stahl, well, he's probably not active. He hasn't been signed this year yet, so yeah. I would expect that it's over for him. And then Blake Wheeler at 30, Crosby at 30. So yeah, so they, they that's that that's one that may that may uh, may hold up for a while. And the trouble with that as well is that all of those guys are, you know, in and around Ovi's vintage. Well, not, I mean, not Marshawn, but yeah. Well, he's in his 30s. He is, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All those so guys. So my, my point yeah, is, Zach, is that they're Zach not, Parise, they're not like. Zach Parise, yeah, they're all, yeah, they're yeah. all, yeah. Although Sebastian Ajo has 26, but yeah, I don't see it. Yeah. I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just double that in the next 10 years, Sebastian exactly. Ajo. Exactly, yeah. 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 yeah, so. So there you go. So there you go. We have a podcast. I guess so. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for sticking around to the end. Please don't forget to check out kencampbell.substat.com, although you're probably listening to this on that because, boy, I'll tell you. Anyways, (laughs) we'll talk to you next week.